0: This is Ryan Archie Dak, and I'll shout out to the Bulls HQ Podcast, all the way from Australia, who represent and thanks for all the support.
1: Bulls fans, welcome to Bulls HQ, Chicago Bulls Podcast on the Blue Eye Sports Podcast Network. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the show, one that I was hopeful that we'd be a little bit more uh, buoyant, a little bit more joyful about, but uh, we're coming at you post-lottery. the And I am a very sad boy at this point. And uh, unfortunately the Bulls didn't get the lottery luck that I would have liked them to. They did not move up from eighth into the top four. Unfortunately, they stayed at number eight, meaning that pick goes to the Orlando Magic. And here I am lamenting all my life choices at the moment, which is uh, maybe a bit uh, hyperbolic of me, but um, I need some people to talk me off the ledge. I don't know if these two fellas will help me or not, um, but the big red boss is pulling up to Bulls HQ once again, and uh, let's welcome in uh, the podfather, uh, as, as C. Red Fred likes to refer him. Dog Tonus, how are you, sir?
0: i uh, just living the dream. I'm not going to talk you off the edge. I got to tell you, <laughs> I'm going to like, just grab you and jump with you. But All uh, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure my, my co-pilot will uh, will do a better job of trying to pull us both back.
1: Well, yeah, that's, that's fair enough. Well, like, if I'm going out, I don't mind going out with you, Doug. But uh, here, joining us on the Big Red Bus. Well, not the Big Red Bus. The, the Big Red Bus <laughs> is slamming into the balls you of the HQ. But um, here, along with us as well, is uh, C-Red Fred, a.k.a. Fred Pfeiffer. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm living a
2: dream. How are you doing, brother?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm really annoyed at you, actually. I'm actually really annoyed at you. Do you know why? why? I have no idea. the number seven pick... The number seven pick... Your stupid number seven mantra. Of all years that the number seven pick jumps up into the top four, it had to be this one, when the Bulls could have positioned themselves with the seventh best odds to get into the top four. But instead... The, uh, they didn't really tank it out the, the season. Instead, that's what the Toronto Raptors did. And lo and behold, the Raptors get that lottery <laughs> luck. And that number seven mantra that you've made that has just cursed this franchise for the last four years, here here it is again, rearing its head. The ball stayed at eight. The Raptors jump into the top four. Uh, how, how could you blame me? You for-
2: how could you blame me? I'm the guy who came up with the roadmap. All they had to do was get to number seven, and they screwed it up. You should be, you should be <laughs> thanking me for, uh, for seeing into the future, realizing... If you get the seven, good things will happen, and uh, they screwed it up. You know what, though? Come on. Let's let's all get off the edge for one second. Let's get down from the edge, and let's close our eyes. I want to paint a new world for you, okay? Let's pretend for a minute. Are are your eyes closed?
1: Uh, Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, here we
2: go. All right, so let's pretend the Bulls never made the trade, and they ended up with the eighth pick tonight. And in three days, we find out the Bulls traded the eighth pick, their 2023 pick for Vucevic and
1: Wendell Cutter Jr.
2: Would you have made that trade?
1: Maybe. I don't know. I'm I'm still too depressed to answer that question. What do you mean? It's an easy answer. It's yes, I'd make that trade. The easy answer
0: is no. Just like I wouldn't have made the trade when we made it and the pick wasn't projected to be as good as eight. Like. And Vucevic had an extra half season, like so. It's like since since this trade has been made, now we wasted a half season of Vucevic with no benefit whatsoever, and the pick we gave up was higher than we expected. So, I mean, not that it matters. You don't care what happens with Orlando, right? Like this is game theory. What happens with them is irrelevant to us now. If we gave them the number one pick, it wouldn't matter to us now in terms of what we need to do. But I mean, it it doesn't look better now. I would not. I would not make that trade.
2: Doug, I'm looking into my profit robe, and I can see that Vucic is going to be better than whoever the Orlando Magic get at eight this year. I'm just going to give you an FYI on that. So, whoever the Magic end up with, Vuce is going to have a better season.
0: I'm looking into my profit robe and saying the Bulls will knock it out of the second round with this core of Vucic and Zach Levine. Or, sorry, well, knock it out of the first round. Your Not robe out the first is full round. of
2: fleas. Mine is magical and uh, uh, t- technicolor. What say you, Mark? What's your deal on this? Well,
1: see, see, here's my issue with it. It's not my issue with it. Isn't necessarily the Bulls lose out on pick eight or something like that. Like I'm not expecting the the, the player that the Magic pick at pick eight to be, you know, a substantial player because the the, the probability of that happening is pretty low. Will they get a, a decent player, a player who may end up being a, a good role player for them for years to come? Yeah, like that that's a potential option. So in that sense, I'm not too concerned. I guess my issue with this whole thing was. This is probably or at least hopefully the last time the Bulls have at getting a, a legitimate talent out of the draft. I mean, we're all hopeful. Everyone listening to this now is hopeful that this is the last season the Bulls missed the postseason. We're hopeful with this Levine and Vucevic pairing that somehow, some way they can get into the playoffs next season. Whether they're a first run out, second run out, whether they can make the miracle that the Atlanta Hawks are currently doing at the moment, going all the way through the Eastern Conference Finals, like... We'll see. We'll see. But I guess my point is, like, this was the last chance the Bulls had it, or hopefully had, at adding something via the draft. So, whether you drafted a player at number four or inside the top four or whether you used that pick that you sort of fell back into to, you know, via trade to acquire a more ready-made player to add to Vucevic and Levine, like, whatever route you wanted to go with, like, I don't care. Like, it was just an additional asset you could have had and, like... I just feel like that's super important given where the Bulls are trying to position their team moving forward. But, you know, for Zach Levine's career as well, the fact that this team doesn't have a ton of resources heading into the offseason, like they don't have a lot of cap space. Obviously, they they're, they got rid of Wendell Carter. They're owing two future picks to the Magic. Like, that, they don't have a ton of resources. So, coming back and, uh, you know, falling back into their own pick, like it, it would have just made things a little bit easier and I would have been a little bit more buoyant as to how things would transpire over the next five or so years. But, I don't know. I'm 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 feeling more like Doug, to be honest with Fre- with with you, Frederick. Uh, I'm not sure you're gonna be able to talk me into this one. Not that you've really talked me into anything ever, but um, yeah. <laughs> How dare uh, yeah, you? i, I'm feeling, I, I'm I, I just still. think I,
2: I think you both are fooling yourselves if you really feel like. I think if we didn't make the trade for Vooch, I think we'd be going in this offseason. We probably likely would not have made the playoffs. I think we all hopefully agree on that. Let's pretend we ended up with the eighth pick. I think we would all be freaking out right now about what can we possibly do to make sure Zach Levine doesn't leave after a year. And I think that's exactly what you would do. You would try to send this pick for a all-star. Vucevic is that all-star. We had 14 games with these two guys together, and we're all acting like it, the team was a massive failure. And, you know, to some degree it was, but it wasn't a failure because those two guys played together a ton and we sucked we were a failure because Zach got COVID and and Vooch, you know, and they had no time to gel, and, and there's a lot of reasons why. But, you know, I think I think they're going to be a lot better than people expect next year. I, I take a lot of solace in the fact that Atlanta's in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's like I don't think they're that much better than us. If if we Let's do the Lifetime uh, angle. I, I love doing this to irritate you, Mark. But, Doug, if you and I showed up at Lifetime and we picked the Atlanta roster and the Bulls roster, I think you'd be shocked at the first couple picks.
0: Yeah, I mean, for sure, everyone would take Trey Young first. <laughs> okay. Zach, <laughs> I, don't, Zach. I don't know. Are Danny you sure about there. that?
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure about that. I don't I mean, like...
0: you're, Maybe you're right. Zach Levine would be two, right? Uh, Zach Levine, it would be two. Who would be three? Uh, you know, John Collins, for sure. Oh, give me I'm a break. I'm just kidding. I just give you your time. Yeah, you know. I mean, sure, Bruce Vich is three. and then after There you but... go.
2: End the story. And I end the story. Yeah, okay. Who's yes, four,
0: five, and six? Let's <laughs> at the <laughs>
2: <laughs> dad young might be six i think or five i don't know it's you know hey i'm not going to argue like there, there's still a lot of great things that uh things that need to happen we need to have pat will develop quickly we need to have kobe white get healthy and play as good, well as he did down the stretch we need to figure out what's going to happen with laurie Markin and try to turn him into some type of asset but it it's not i don't think it's hopeless i in fact i, I can't wait to the season starts because i just think zach's going to get better He's gotten better every year for the past three years. Why wouldn't he get better? Is he the type of guy who's just going to sit around and, and read the newspaper? No, heck not. He's going to be out there working, getting better, and I think it's possible to be a top-ten player next yeah. year.
0: I, I will say, even though like I agree with everything you said, Mark, about why this is difficult, and I, and I discussed it with me? Fred too. I But one thing <laughs> – I, I get into you, Fred. One thing I do agree with Fred about a little bit is I do think this team will be a lot better last year, next year sorry, than it was this past yeah. year. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. we should be a 40-win team. We should be in the play-in. We have. I, th- I think we'll actually make the final eight playoff team. I think we'll bow out in the first round. But it's something we've not done for a while. And it'll be watchable. It'll be more enjoyable. And, and those things assume that basically Zach and Vooch stay healthy. The one thing this team is not going to have next year is any depth whatsoever. And, and that's going to be really difficult. And they'll be facing a really tough decision whether they want to... You know, do what I would uh, probably move towards, which is uh, I don't know if Mark, if you're familiar with the great twenty twenty two plan everyone loves yeah, pl- heard everyone that. loves plans with years <laughs> on them. That's like usually the bulls fans' favorite things because they've worked out yeah. so well for us in the past. Um, but you know, like if if they have to choose whether they want to go with something like that or whether they want to add long term salary, you know onto, onto the roster, and it'll be interesting to see what they what they decide on that because. If they keep the, the cap space open, it does give them the window to add a legitimate star next off season, but it makes this season a lot harder. And if they, they add salary into this season, it's going to make it really hard to make another quantum leap forward through free agency. I mean, you might be able to do through, so through other means, but it'll be difficult to do it through free agency then. And uh, you know, you'll know, you be a little bit better this year. And, and so I, I'm really interested to see which of those tacks that they, they end up taking
1: yeah uh, yeah I 100% agree like I'm not sure if I've you've convinced me about the the 22 plan but I think what you're sort of suggesting here like everything now pivots to the off season in, in, in free agency and, and how how they determine how they're going to go forward because clearly they don't have a, a pick in the first round I don't maybe they do something crazy and they buy their way back into the first round it's probably if, if that was a scenario it won't be a high pick but I don't know. Maybe the the draft isn't completely out of it for the Bulls. I mean, they do have their second round pick, the number 38 pick, I think it is. Maybe they sell that for cash like they did previously in previous years. But um, I guess, it, look, I recorded a podcast via the Bulls HQ Discord. Uh, whether it was lucky or not, um, the audio was corrupt. It didn't work. And the audio <laughs> cut off at a point where the Bulls were literally announced as the, the eighth pick, meaning obviously the, the pick was going to Orlando. Like that's when the audio stuffed itself up. So maybe that was um uh, maybe that was the universe telling us that um this this was never meant to be for the Bulls. But thankfully as well, like that audio stuff got stuffed up because prior to the lottery I was really talking myself up into uh the Cade Cunningham coming to Chicago. But here we are having to see him for years on end now in you know in, in Detroit. Uh you know, the the team that you really hate there, Frederick, he's going to be playing in the uh, in in Detroit Piston Colors for a while. So it's disappointing, like, that we completely miss out on this draft, but to your point, Doug, like, now our intern- attention completely turns to the offseason, to free agency, and I still have no idea what the best path is, whether it's above the cap, below the cap, like, are they in on Lonzo? Are they not in on Lonzo? I mean, Ben Simmons is someone I've been talking exclusively on Twitter about for the last two days, getting yelled out at, at a lot of people. And anytime C. Red Fred agrees <laughs> with you about any topic and we happen to agree on Ben Simmons, like, I feel dirty and wrong and that something's clearly gone wrong <laughs> in, in the world when, when C. Red Fred and I agree. But, like, it, I guess my point is, like, we've got to start thinking of alternative ways to sort of boost this team up a level because, to your point, Doug, like, if things stay status quo, the team largely remains untouched and at least heading into next season. Like, yeah, we, we should be expecting them to be like a 40-win uh, team. Maybe if things go completely right, they could have a, a season that mimics what the Knicks just did where, you know, they can get up to be a four or five seed and maybe depending on matchups, they could get into the second round or something like that. But yeah, I don't know. I, I keep coming back to it. Like, this was our last chance to really add Something to do something with. You didn't necessarily have to draft a player at number four or number whatever, but you could have traded that thing with Patrick Williams and Kobe White to get in another star. Whether that was Ben Simmons, whether it was someone else, like yeah, that's just where I keep coming back to. So yeah, I, I take your point on the twenty-two plan. Whether that's the right right move or not, I, I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm open to suggestions at this
2: point. Uh, let, let me jump in here. You've been rambling for a while. <laughs> don't,
1: do you have any faith in this guy? Like, do you have any Who?
2: faith in Arturus at all? Like. What do you mean? This wow. is our last. This is our last chance. Hold on a second. You just said it's our last chance. Devin Dotson. At the draft. Felicio. Okay. At the draft. At the draft. Draft. Right. Felicio. Okay. I understand. But there's other ways to get players. Felicio. Uh, Adam Makoka. Uh, Gar- you know. Let's think. Valentine. Is Valentine going to be back? No. 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 <laughs> probably not. There's going to be like three or four roster spots that are going to be open. I take solace in the fact that Garrett Temple was an acquisition by Arturis. I thought he was a great acquisition. He recognized we need help at the perimeter. He was, our be- to me, our best point of attack perimeter defender, maybe until Troy Brown Jr. arrived. He acquired Troy Brown Jr. Like, let's see what he does on the margins to make this team better. My concern is... If we have Lowry walking away for nothing and and Tice walks away for nothing, we don't do things to replace those two guys with equal or better players. Then I am concerned. Like, what, well, what are we doing? What's going on here?
0: So just interject. Uh, that's going to be super, super hard to do, right? Like it, 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 to replace those guys. Like you're not going to have the resources to replace them if you don't keep them individually. Well, that's why I
2: don't want to replace. That's why I don't want to replace. Them. So you
0: want to keep Lowry and Tice.
2: No, yeah, I want to sign or trade. So I sign or trade.
0: Hey Fred, name me the last restricted free agent that was signed and traded and brought back a good return to the team that traded him.
2: I can't even think of the last.
0: You know why? Because, free agent because the last restricted free agent that was signed and traded was like 10 years ago. It like doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. And if it does happen, we're not going to get something good back. Like just 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 wipe that out of your mind. The idea that we're going to get something for Lowry based on the history of the league, it's just not going to happen. Well, you we can't are not say it's gonna, not
2: going to happen because there were intense discussions between us and the Pelicans. It's, it's not going to happen. Alonzo Ball, who's in the exact same situation as we are. Yeah,
0: it's not going to happen. You can't, a double sign You're and trade right. doesn't even work under the cap. It's like virtually <laughs> impossible to do a double sign and trade because the players each count like, like double salary for one side and half for themselves, and so then the gap becomes twice as big and even the one gap is hard to, to cross. So there's no way you can sign and trade those guys for each other. Well, fair um,
2: enough. Let's see Laurie then get a contract offer for $16 million a year, and let's see what they do.
0: Yeah, so I all, all I'm saying is you, you, if, you, if you match those guys, so say you, you keep Tice for like $10 million a year. Like maybe that's the best case scenario if, for Tice. You keep Tice for $10 million a year. Say you match Lowry on like $15 million a year. Okay, like a, a pretty a deal you feel somewhat reasonable, right? Like not, not something crazy. Yes. That's, that's your team now for like the next four years. Like you ain't going to have cap space again. Like now you're yeah. committed to this group. And that, and, that, and that really just gets down to why Mark was upset about this. So, like if you had gotten a high draft pick, it was a, a chance to add in a guy that looks like a significant talent. And now we're looking at like we can add margin talents and, and we might even lose two margin talents and not be able to replace them with as good margin talents because we'll have to replace guys worth 10 and 15 million with like the vet minimum, the, you know, the biannual exception and the mid-level exception. You know, or a combined like $23 million in cap room. Uh, so it, it's gonna be really interesting to see what they do, but their their flexibility is very little. Uh, they do not have a lot of avenues to, to improve this team this off season. It's gonna be very, very challenging. And so while you can like what Arturis does, and he may make the most out of a very challenging situation, and he may hit a home run in terms of how he manages this off season, but even if he does like outstanding with what he has, He doesn't have much. Like Outstanding with what he has, it's still going to look probably pretty pedestrian at the end of the day, even if if he does do great, just because he has so little to work with.
2: Well, here's where I disagree with you, Doug. You're assuming that these players that they do sign are not tradable assets. Look at Troy Brown Jr. Troy Brown Jr. was out of the rotation in Washington. He comes here to the Bulls, and he clearly is a better fit. Some players, as long as you have them on decent deals – and you look at this team from Patrick Williams to Kobe White to whatever uh, Daniel Tice signs for to Sato to all these guys are tradable contracts. But they're not; you they're, they're not bringing
0: deal. back meaningful things. They're bringing mm. back similar value things. Yeah, like the idea that, it, that's that you're a gonna, the,
2: That's a better fit. It's a better fit. The idea, fit for the Bulls. yeah, maybe.
0: But the thing is, like, we're so low in talent relative to what we need. Like, we need a big talent injection. So keeping margin players and trading them for different margin players that are better fits, that's a, like, like a type of move that's great to make, and it adds like two or three wins. Doug, are like, we it's, really – It's going to be really hold difficult on. to do anything. You
2: said we're so low in talent. Yes. yes. Right, let's look at the New York Knicks. Are we a more talented team than the New York Knicks? Just let's Sure start doesn't out seem with that way. Team. No. Well, come, no, be no, honest. No. honest. No. no. You really don't, don't believe, believe that. that. No, You really I don't. believe I, I, I really see, don't I, believe
0: I, that we're a te- better team than the team that wins like 50% more games than us. So no –
2: Come on, you just—we just talked about this. How many years in a row? How many in Two All Stars How many years, in a row? <laughs> How many years on have on.
0: you predicted over 40 wins and that, have us that, win that, like 20 that's something?
2: That's completely irrelevant. Boy, effect no, that and what so did COVID. Is, I can't I'm predict, predict that, that kind of stuff. What I'm
0: saying <laughs> is that we have no depth. We have no depth. So yeah, Zach will get hurt for 20 games next year because that just seems like a probably common thing for him to do. Vucevic will miss 20 games next year because it's a common thing for him to do. We'll get absolutely destroyed in the games where either one of them is out, and if they're both out. Just forget about it.
2: No, Doug. And, and we're you said they're up... more talented team than Thad Young and and Kobe White and Patrick Williams and all the talented players that we have on this team. You said they're more talented. I don't think they are. I don't think they are. I don't think that the Knicks have more talent than the Chicago Bulls.
0: Okay. And Do you know what?
1: Ta- talent is only part of it. Like I don't care if the Bulls have more talent than the Atlanta Hawks or the New York Knicks or the Boston Celtics or name whatever team you want to insert. Like they have to prove that talent means or talent can convert. No, here's all that matters
2: is that their two best players played 72 and 71 games. And our two best players played 14 games together. It matters who plays. It doesn't matter. Don't go into this nonsense about Tibbs. I know I can see what's coming
1: to make the playoffs before the Vucevic trade. So he, well, that was the baseline expectation regardless. So whether Vucevic played however many games, he v, Levine and Vucevic only played 14 games together. What, whatever the case was, you were expecting the Bulls to be better prior to the Vucevic trade, they yes they were or better. No?
2: They were better than they, we expected. They were out of them. the
0: playoffs at that point.
2: No, they were in the top 10 team when <laughs> the trade was made, right? Am I wrong here? Let me look at my notes. Okay, how
0: many, how many games do you expect them to play together next year?
2: I expect them to play – well, I don't think it's crazy to ask for them to play 50 to 60 games together. Okay. Is that how crazy? Do you, how do you, I, I don't think it's crazy to think they'll play – 45 more than they did I this I don't year. think
0: it's crazy I think they'll play 50 games together. How do you think they'll do in the 32 they don't?
2: Depends if one of the two is playing in those we'll, games. We'll if they're both that, gone, then we'll, we're We'll trouble.
0: assume that in most cases one of the two is playing.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so I how think, do you think they'll, they'll, they'll do? probably be – they'll be like they were this year. They'll probably have the same winning percentage in those games that they did this year. But they'll be 500 or better – in the games they play together.
0: Yeah, I, I can see them being 500 or better in the games they play together. Like, I don't think that's, like, a crazy thought. It's just, like, I don't think either Hazel? of these guys are, are likely to, to to stay healthy enough. So they get 25 wins in the 50 games they play together, maybe 30 if they play 60. And then they, they get, like, 5 to 10 wins in the other games. And now you're a 35 to, to, like, say, 42-win team. Like, that, that's just not that, that – that's where you're at in – yeah, sorry. That's just not like something that's that's real exciting unless you you need to add significant talent to this team.
2: I missed the part where Vucevic is off injured. He played seventy games the previous season, sixty-two and eighty. His last three seasons, he's not off injured. He's never had a season where he's played less than fifty games.
1: Let's like, let's pivot away from the this idea that you know ha- however many games they're going to play or not. Well, that remains to be seen. Like we'll see how that transpires. To me, what's the most interesting thing is how how this roster comes about now. Like. Levine and Vucevic as a pairing, I like it. I think it will be good. I don't know if it's going to be good enough. It, well, I know it's not going to be good enough. So to me, right now, it's all about what what happens next. And to me, like I'm disappointed right now based on this, which is kind of ridiculous because the the probability suggested it was always going to be that the Bulls didn't get this pick. But nonetheless, I'm still disappointed. But here's, here's how I'm feeling about things now. And this is how I'm hoping Karnashovis is viewing this whole thing. And this is what I've been trying to explain on Twitter the last couple of days. But like focus going forward now should be about maximizing Zach Levine's prime. How best do you do that? I thought adding that pick this draft would have helped that scenario. But nonetheless, whether you got that pick or not, that is still the goal. That is still the plan. So I guess my question to both of you now is is how do you maximize Zach Levine's prime as soon as this offseason? Doug, I know you mentioned the 22 plan that you referenced before, that that plan kind of halts doing much of this offseason in preparing for, you know, free agency in 2022. I think there's validity to, to that, but I, I I don't know if that's the right route to go. But, like, I guess my point is, like, do you cash in the chips that you do have? And those chips being Patrick Williams and Kobe White, who aren't necessarily on the same timeline as Zach Levine, most certainly are not on the same timeline as Nicole Vucevic. I'm assuming the Bulls are prioritizing the, the timeline of the pairing of Levine and Vucevic. So, to both of you, do you do you, you cash your chips in for Patrick Williams, Kobe White? Do you include them in a trade package with whatever other assets you need to, to go and get in a third star to try to make this, this pairing of Vucevic and Levine and whoever else you add, whether it's Ben Simmons or someone else, do you try to boost the talent level of this team and, and try to see what that three-man core could be or do you just keep... I guess, plugging away, use your cap space and, and, and try to find decent pieces on the, periphery, on the periphery to make this team better as soon as you can.
0: Let me ask, answer your question with a question and either of you can answer my question. Okay. Let's say we want to cash in your chips, because I think that's a viable, a very viable idea. I agree with what you're saying there. Like, this is a decision you need to make. Do you cash in your kind of like long-term assets to get another more short to medium-term asset to try and maximize your next, like, say, three seasons? And the question is, so what is the best medium-term asset or short-term asset you can get if you're willing to give up Kobe White, Pat Williams, and I don't know how many picks, Mark, you'd be willing to trade out in the future. Would you give the 25 and 27 pick with those guys to, to bring someone in? And, and yeah, just, depending,
1: on the, depending on the player. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I and would like, be. Sure, if
0: it's like Damian Lillard, we'd be like, yeah, heck yeah. Um, you know, but like, so it, it does depend on the player. So let's say you're willing to, to cash in those assets, those two first-round picks and those two players, which I think is really all of the long-term assets we have. What is the best player you can imagine coming back for that? And yeah, man, honestly, like my, my thought is like not a really great player. Ben Simmons. I don't think you get Ben Simmons for that.
2: I think they think long and hard about Kobe White, Larry Markin and a signing trade. Laurie Markin fits perfectly when Embiid. Patrick Williams and two number ones for Ben Simmons. I think absolutely they would think long and hard about that. I don't think they're going to get anything better
0: than that. What if, what if Laurie just, just signs with some other team? Is- what if Lowry just signs with Dallas for $20 million and that's not on the table? Like, you have no control yeah. of what Lowry's going to do. You control. can't just throw him yeah. in there. Like-
2: well, then let's just say Lowry isn't part of that. Patrick Williams, Kobe White, and two number ones. Do you really feel like C.J. McCollum at the age of 29 is significantly better and whatever? Portland doesn't have anything else that do they I, can do. Do I really feel
0: way. like Philadelphia wants to win right now in the next three years is yeah. in the exact that, same boat we are? Yeah. Yes. Throwing, Throwing Sato. Sato. <laughs> yeah. Well now, now it's now it's hey,
2: I don't know if you heard about the Start Soto movement, man. It was all the rage. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I agree. It's not it's not like perfect, but I don't think it's I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that that could garner you.
0: Yeah, cer- Simmons. Certainly, it's not out of the possibility that you could trade that package to someone else who wants long term assets, who has another star, who trades it to Philly, who wants that player. And then Philly gives us Ben Simmons. Like, I I don't know who that third team would be, but like the idea that that's enough value for Ben Simmons is not so, so crazy to me, given his current value right now, but like a specific fit with Philly doesn't seem to match to me right now. Someone
1: I was thinking about. And again, I, I don't think the Philly one makes sense. Like I'm, I'm, I mentioned it before, but I would love to get Ben Simmons through here because I think he fits perfectly with Levine and Vucevic. I think the discourse around Ben Simmons over the last couple of days has just been absolutely embarrassing. Um, just put him on a roster that makes sense around him. He's a flawed player, but put him on a roster that makes sense next to him and you'll get better results. But nonetheless, like I don't think the Sixers do that deal because the Sixers want to win now. Embiid is 27. He's at MVP level. We saw that he's got a meniscus injury. Like, How many more years of quality basketball does Joel Embiid have? Who knows? So they're going for a win now move and whoever they're trading, you know, Simmons for, they'll, they'll want to get back a, a ready-made guy. And I think McCollum is that. So, you know, as much as I'd love Simmons, it's probably not realistic from that point of view. But like, now that I'm just thinking about it, now that the OKC Thunder didn't necessarily get the lottery luck that they were hoping for, they didn't get Cade or anything like that, would they be more... Open to trading someone like SGA for Patrick Williams, Kobe White, and future draft picks.
2: No way. Why would they do that? SGA is better than all those players. Like, and he's still yeah, on. A, they are, young but maybe maybe
1: their timelines change now again because SGA is going you know, to be an a max contract. They don't necessarily have that next amazing asset to put next to him. Like, they got the six pick in this draft. Like, who's yeah, going to? Who wouldn't you, gonna you agree?
2: would you agree? Like, SGA. Is more attractive asset than Ben Simmons right now.
1: Yeah, of course he is. I'm, I'm, I'm of course he is. But like, well, um, what I'm point. saying is like that that team is more maybe uh, accepting of younger pieces. Let's say like Patrick Williams and Kobe than a team like the Sixers are, who are like in a win now mode. I'm trying to think of like a situation where you could offload these younger guys for a a youngish player, someone that fits the Levine timeline, but maybe he's going to be, maybe isn't disgruntled right now. But, but maybe in potentially in a year or two potentially could be disgruntled. And if it's not SGA, maybe is, is it Diarran Fox or someone like that? Like, can you give all of the ball's young assets for someone like Fox who, again, is, has been on bad teams for four or five seasons now, has not made the playoffs. Maybe you trade that stuff for, for someone like Fox, put him in Chicago next to Levine and Vucevic, you get your three stars and you start rolling from there. Is, is that something the Bulls would entertain? I, I don't know. Maybe the Kings wouldn't even entertain it, but like they're the things I'm starting to think about. But like, I guess my point is, whatever the situation or the solution is, like to me, I think the Bulls should be thinking long and hard of playing the, trade, the, the trading game again because I just don't see it happening via free agency, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, free agency is only real chances if you go out to next year and you implement my yeah. 2022 plan, like there, you don't yeah. have enough money and there's no one available this year. So you're either, you're yeah. either playing on the margins and free agency, or you like you said, you're going to the trade market. I, I think it's interesting that you bring up De'Aaron and Fox. If you, if we brought up that package, we just talked about Sacramento might say yes to that. Two first round picks far out in the future. Like if they feel like they can't keep Fox, you know, some decent prospects, I could see them considering yeah. it and that, that would get, make the bulls a lot better. Uh, it still leaves them too far away, and then it leaves a very, very bare cupboard later when you need to rebuild, um, and that—that's—that's that's the price you have to pay. And I, I think what I would describe this regime as doing, if they make a trade like that, is just continuing to try to dig themselves out of a hole. Like you traded a bunch of future assets. So let's just trade more future assets to try and double down on our decision to go all in when we had 28 wins, and yeah. and and that's uh, you know there's there's going to be a price you pay for that eventually and you have to really feel like are you going to make enough progress that you feel that price is worth it and to me i don't feel confident enough about that team i think that's true but i also understand like once you went down this path you know you kind of have to continue to go down it you like you have to continue to to go down this path because if you don't go in with both feet you're you're probably even worse i mean at least if you do that you're probably a second round playoff team and if you don't do something like that you're you're probably a first round exit team for a couple years uh so I I don't you know, know. It's, it's
1: it's it's an interesting situation because like it's like all right, are we committing to the Levine vucevic pairing or are we sort of just half half hearted doing that and you know in the background we're thinking about Patrick Williams being the next guy of the of the Bulls, which may or may not be even something that happens but I know a lot of the fan base just, just want nothing to do with trading Patrick Williams because they feel like he's the next Kawhi or something silly like that. And, you know, they just hate this idea of trading <laughs> you know Patrick maybe. Williams. And I, maybe they're I, right I, To me, it's, 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 it's two paths that maybe aren't right aligned right now. And I think this, had they kept this pick, they could have used that to sort of bridge the gap, whether it's committing to the younger guys and maybe moving on from the older guys or using that asset to, to bring through another star and, you know, committing to that Levine-Vucevic pairing. But I I guess my point is, like, this leaves me more confused and unsure as to how things are going to transpire. And I guess the most likely scenario is they sort of try to split the middle. But I I don't know if that's – I don't know how appealing that's going to be.
2: I think you guys are are also losing sight of – obviously, you have no faith in Arturis. There are these guys scattered all throughout the playoffs, whether it's Terrence Mann or Batoon or uh, you know even Jay Crowder, you could have got at a mid-level exception deal that significantly helped these teams, and the Bulls would look significantly better if you're replacing one of these open roster spots with a player who you get on a rehab project who ends up becoming pretty good. I don't care if it's a it Josh, Josh Richardson or you know Justice Winslow, these guys that you could probably get on the cheap that end up developing and becoming good. That's another thing that you you can't just throw out and say, well, that's not going to happen. That's why we got this guy. That's what he's supposed to be. He's supposed to find these players that are going to make a difference. And I thought last year, you know what, in in Temple, I thought that was a horrible signing. I was wrong. I have faith he's going to keep those up. Now he's got more options. He's got more roster spots available than he had last year have a little faith that he's going to improve the team in those incremental ways, because I think the team would look significantly better if Jay Crowder was on this roster. Here's the thing
0: I I say about that. I, I think you're right. Like you, you do have to hope you can make moves like that, that you find these guys that cost very little and end up being really good. But the challenge with that is you're almost certainly going to lose Lowry for nothing. And so now you've lost a guy who's actually really good. Not, not like great as people hoped he would be, but still really good. Like a, a really good rotation player, maybe a borderline starter player, like you're going to have to replace him. And so getting a guy from the fringes that's just that good is going to be really hard. If you don't keep Daniel Tice, which we'll see what happens with there, the same conversation is going to be had with Daniel Tice. It's going to be difficult to find a guy that is is like sub-mid-level exception that's going to be as good as Daniel Tice's. Like, so we're losing a couple guys that are kind of like in that boat of good player. And we don't really have... Equivalent assets to replace them, like we don't have the ability to to like those say guys would say a value of like twenty five million dollars in the league. We're not going to have that to them replace them and then fill in all these other spots. So you're gonna you're gonna have to hope that you make a lot of moves where the guy outperforms what you signed him for, and certainly that's a possibility. But it's very difficult to say like yeah, I'm I'm a, RGM is just going to sign all these guys and they're all going to play way above what we signed them for. Like, that's just not a likely outcome. Like, just, I, like, I look at this from a mathematical perspective. Our outgoing assets versus our incoming assets, like the incoming is going to be less than the outgoing on a general value basis. And so, yeah, the general manager, if he's great, he can, he can make that incoming better than it should be based on the, the pool of what he has to work with. You know, he can maybe make that, like, say, $20 million pool we have look like a $25 million pool. But he can't make it look like a $50 million pool, most likely, unless he's just absurdly lucky. And so, like, I think you're right that there's some value that Arturis is going to bring, and I'm not going to blame him. Like, if he can't, you know, pick up a bunch of vet men guys that make the team radically better, that's just really hard to do. Uh, so, yeah. that, I think there's just limits on like how much you can expect there, and I think you can expect something if you like Arturis. I just don't think you can expect it to to be the, you know, really huge miracle that you hope it, it might be.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, are we ready to jump off the cliff there, Doug?
0: I mean, let's hold hands and go Thelma (laughs) and Louise it, you know, like get the car going.
1: This this conversation has definitely not uh, lifted my spirits. Maybe we can (laughs) uh, take that red bus, throw Fred off it, and uh, we can steal that red bus off the cliff or something.
2: But, you know, back to Doug's point, though, I do want to just jump in to to comment on that. You're right, Doug. Like, you know, they're probably whoever we bring in is not going to be necessarily better than Lowry in the big picture. But they will be a better fit. Like if you bring in Josh Richardson – I think there's, it's very likely he'll be a much better fit for the Chicago Bulls than Lowry was just because, you know, we have Patrick Williams, who's a four. And, you know, you, you, Josh could slide in at the three. He's, he's not as good as Lowry, but he might make the team better because he's just a better fit. That's what you have to do on the margins. And all these teams in the playoffs, look at Ingles, you know, or even like a lot of these guys, like when they first, uh, even Batum, Batum was on the, the scrap heap. Look how valuable he's been for the Clippers. That's what it takes to get to that next level. Look at Atlanta. How much did they sign for Bogdanovich? Was he twenty million? That's a guy we should. I mean, that's the type of player we should have been uh, getting to bring in to help our team. And and you know, I just have faith that he's going to find one or two of those guys. They'll make these guys significantly better around the two All Stars that we have.
0: I don't the big even know if we is, could Josh Richardson.
2: The big picture is. Bill Simmons, I mentioned this the last time. Oh yeah, we will. He's going to be cost nothing. Like nobody's going to sign that. He's going to cost seven million at the most. B- take a step back. The big picture is: I had this discussion with Mark. I can't remember where this was, but um, Bill Simmons and, and uh, Ryan Rosillo went through the NBA and they had their top forty. There's eight teams in the NBA according to their top forty lists. They don't even have one top forty player. The Bulls were few of the teams that had two top 40 players a few less than half the teams in the league as long as you got that you have hope if you don't have a top 40 player you're done you know I mean let's be honest you don't have a shot yeah that's fair so you know we have that you know I think we're better than the Knicks just from that alone we're going to be better than Charlotte from that alone a lot of these teams that were right around us next year and if we do the right things on the margins we'll be significantly better and then we'll see what happens according to your 2022 plan, which I do like and I do... Uh, but what about what a guy like Justice Winslow? He's a guy I've been thinking about a lot lately. You know, that guy's going to... You could probably get him for a song and a dance, right? Like, like There's got to be guys like that throughout the league that we can bring in.
1: Yeah, look, time will tell. Time will tell. We've got, we've got a, a number of weeks now to, I guess, examine and analyze what free agency may or, may or may not bring. Like, we don't have the lottery or the draft to really consider anymore that um, there won't be podcasts from Bulls podcasters out there you know going into deep dives about Kate Cunningham or Jalen Suggs or Evan Mobley or whatever it might be you know, unless people want a deep dive of who they might draft at the 38th pick in the draft which I most certainly won't be doing but yeah I guess we have the next sort of six weeks five six weeks to think about free agency and how that will all play out like I don't know how it will play out it kind of it kind of depends on what they want to do with that and and uh, sataransky and those options that they have, which they have to exercise, I think, before free agency. Free agency is August 2, so that'll give us an indication of how they're sort of starting to think things about think about things. Obviously, we'll hear rumours uh, up a, up to uh, up to free agency as to where things may be going. Point guard is still an issue. The wing is an issue. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting time, and obviously, uh, maybe we can reconvene around free agency to talk about how things may or may not transpire. But uh, look, I I think I need to log off today, guys, because um, I'm still sad. I'm still disappointed. I knew this was probably always going to be the case. The probability was always the fact that the Bulls weren't going to keep their pick. They didn't keep their pick. A realistic or rational person, would uh, not be disappointed, but here I am being disappointed because that's what fandom does to a, a, a person. Um, maybe not to you, Frederick. Maybe you're just the constant optimist, but um, for Doug and I, we're, we're, we're sad, we're disappointed, and, and maybe the Bulls HQ listeners feel the same. Maybe they don't. <laughs> maybe they agree with you, Frederick. Who that's, knows? That seems maybe, unlikely. Um,
0: yeah, probably. Probably, but maybe there's one or two. Out hey, there I w- don't are. get me
2: wrong; I wasn't clapping when I found out we didn't get the. I mean, you top you did pick. announce
0: when we didn't get it that we were going to win the title. So, <laughs> well, because I, I
2: thought we got
0: it. Just, just saying. Right.
1: But the only thing I heard from Frederick um, around the time that the Bulls lost the pick was he sent me a DM. From a comment or a quote from Jimmy Butler hyping up Isaac Okoro, so thats just to, just to give you a, a bit of a mindset as to where Frederick's head is at, I think he's um Cavs Eye Fred. I think he's what I'm going to be calling him from <laughs> I, I, now on. I am
2: scared to death of the thought of Okoro and Mobley together. I mean, that would be an absolute, uh just an absolute devastating defensive presence on in Cleveland. Well, yeah,
1: I mean, be, oh my ca- God. The, the Pistons are going to get Cade Cunningham. the 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 Cavs may significantly improve. Uh, it's not ideal. They it's might, not ideal, they, but uh,
2: Cavs might add Valentine too next year, and he's the kind of guy who's gonna be a <laughs> perfect fit with that team. Um, <laughs> he can do yeah, it all. Sure, I guess. Yeah, sure, I guess. Anyhow, does that make you happy? Anyways,
1: no, it doesn't. But uh, let's wrap up this stupid podcast. Uh, I appreciate you both joining me. Um, I'm assuming there's a big Red Bus podcast um, in the works or it's already been pre-recorded. I'm assuming it'll be out in maybe seven to eight days' time forever. Seems
0: Seems, seems about right. This one will be out for sure first, even though it was recorded second. (laughs) Because of of that,
2: I got to use this uh, time for an advertisement. Is that okay, Mark? Oh, uh, iconic image of Rose dunking on Dragic. We're giving this away to our fans on the Big Red Bus. All you have to do is send an email to credfred at gmail.com and put Rose in the subject line, and you get an entry to win this uh, beautiful image that you should put up with your family and friends in a in a place of honor. you
0: got to stop describing it as an image. Describe it as a, a photo <laughs> or a picture like when you say it's an image it makes it sound like here's the link to this image like you gotta... maybe that's the
2: maybe that's been the problem with the, the low turnout so far
0: <laughs> people think it's a, you gotta know an it's, NFT. A, it's a physical copy i'm not just linking a... you back
2: it's an actual photo that you stick on your wall it's beautiful and it's if everyone's seen uh nights at a round ball table it's just like the jord one it said it's got rose duncan and but we're giving away as a thank you to all the fans and mark i think all your fans will hopefully listen to our show so you might already know about it but uh hey feel free to send in your uh your entry too mark
1: uh i'll I'll do that as soon as as soon as we hang up this call i'll, I'll get straight <laughs> onto the email to uh to do <laughs>
2: put Teddy thing. down um, and yeah, exact even <laughs> set up an email for Teddy maybe he'll win it
1: Maybe he will. Maybe I will. I'll, I'll put in multiple entries just just to increase my odds. But um, no, thank you for that plug. Um, I look forward to hearing the uh, the latest episode of Balls. Uh, it's not Balls HQ. The Big Red Bus when that drops in uh, seven weeks time. But uh, I, th- I can't thank you enough for to both of you for joining me, Uh, Doug, always appreciate your wisdom and insight, Fred. Thanks for being here. Of course. Um, And um, yeah, hopefully we'll catch up soon as we head towards free agency and uh, we'll see how things transpire, but hopefully in a few weeks, a few weeks time, maybe Doug and I are a little bit more buoyant and um, getting a little bit more sea red in in, in our mindset, but uh, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, again, thanks guys for jumping on.
2: Keep your head up and your chin out. It's always darkest before the dawn.
0: I don't, All right, I don't know what friend. to say to that, but thanks for having me.
1: No worries, guys. Uh, thank you for both for uh, for coming on, Bulls fans. Thank you for tuning into uh Bulls HQ post-lottery. Let me know how you thought about it. Did you agree more so with Doug and I? Are you more aligned with C-Red Fred? I would be surprised about the letter, but nonetheless, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at Hoops. Uh, we'll, uh yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll end our podcast here because uh, like I said I'm still a, a very sad boy but in the coming weeks we'll have podcasts coming at you uh, discussing what is going to be happening for the Bulls it's about it's all about free agency at this point all about the off off-season, offseason what the Bulls should, should or shouldn't be doing but uh we'll see how this plays out um but um nonetheless Fred Fred my sons Unbelievable. going up 2 I can't believe it. Just, just as I was aiming <laughs> that, my sons just went up 2 Oh, no. I, so I, I it's was, not all a bad day. I had a, I had a little tweet a ready day. for
2: you, too, to come get your sons. And the worst part about it is I think Paul George missed two free
1: throws to win the game. Yeah, he did. Oh, my. God. He did. Uh, well, th- I'm happy now. I'm happy now. Maybe we'll get Paul I'm George now.
0: now. I'm, I'm watching this on YouTube TV, and it's got like probably like a 30-second delay. So you just spoiled the ending of the game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like they're inbounding the ball for the final pass. <laughs> like the wait, just
2: who, sc- who scored the last basket? Who scored the last basket?
0: Well, I went not say just in case, Doug. <laughs> no, I, I, it's I, I, sorry. I've seen it now. Yeah, no, I, I think it was DeAndre Ayton, right, on a dunk. He just, it was like a lob, yeah, lob, yeah, lob yeah. inbound play uh, that that went. Yeah. I, 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 I have saying. this
2: problem all the time, Doug. I, I see everything in the future, so it's always difficult <laughs> when the, the, the you
1: know when I see these things, I know that were going to happen.
2: Well, now you know how uh. I feel. All right, guys. Uh, best wishes,
1: guys. Uh, well, let's end it on the end it on that positive note. It's not all bad today. My my Phoenix Suns are, are coming through 2-0 lead in the Western Conference Finals. So uh, let's end it there. Go Suns! Men, they really struggled. They
2: really struggled at CP three. Godspeed. Uh,
1: <laughs> leadership, leadership, and Cameron Payne. Shout out to Cameron Payne. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, let's call it the Bulls fans. Speak soon. <laughs>